Hi, welcome to Tube to Table, the podcast about helping tube-fed kids become happy and healthy eaters. Every week, we will dive into the basics of tube weaning to help unravel the conflicting information families get from doctors, therapists, friends, and family. I'm Jenny, a feeding therapist, mom, and food lover. And I'm Heidi. I'm also a feeding therapist, and I love sharing meals with friends and family and helping kids learn to eat. Come with us as we share practical tips and provide real-world expert advice so that parents can help their little ones start their journey from feeding tube to family table. Hi, and welcome to the Tube to Table podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about celebrations, enjoying family gatherings, holidays, and other celebrations with your tube-fed kids. And I'm Jenny, and I'm joined by my colleague, Heidi. Hi there, Heidi. How's today? Hi, Jenny. It's good. How are you? I'm doing really well, thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to be talking about this. Uh, Heidi and I are especially fans of October, which is when (laughs) this podcast, we believe, is airing because... We both have birthdays in October, and we're we're recording this a couple of days before Halloween, which is always fun. How was your birthday? Entering into big holiday season, my birthday was great. We had a we did lots of different things. We went to eat at my favorite restaurant, and I got a pedicure, and I um, had front loaded my work load that week so that I had that day wasn't quite as busy. So I got to take a little bit of a break in the afternoon. So it was, it was a good, it was a good day. How about yours? How was your birthday? My birthday was good too. We went to my favorite restaurant, which is like a once a year, we go there just on my birthday usually. <laughs> um, Cause it's not super close to our house. And so that was fun. And um, yeah, just like a nice quiet night at home. We went out to lunch. I always love to like sneak away for lunch because mm-hmm. it's grown ups and <laughs> yes. Eating out, De- going out to lunch never. feels decadent. It does, and it's not the food because usually the food is just the food. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 an experience away. It's like playing hooky. It does for me feel like that. Yeah. When I worked at the hospital, I would always go in for half a day. I would take a half a day for my birthday. So I would come in and everybody could tell me happy birthday and I enjoyed <laughs> the little specialness. And then I would leave and go do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah, and that's so nice. I was usually by myself. So it what you know, because it was a weekday often if I was working. So I wouldn't necessarily go out to eat somewhere, but I would pick an activity that only I, you know, that I could look forward to and say, you know, whatever, whatever it was. So you guys have fun with those patients. I'm off to go get a facial. Bye. Right. <laughs> Plus everything's quieter and calmer on that, on those weekdays mm-hmm. if your birthday yeah. the fall during the week. So it kind of reminds me of one of the things that we're talking about today, which is like just thinking of birthdays because we're talking about mm-hmm. it for tube fed kids and for kids in general, you know, remembering that birth- our birthdays are special because of the fact that they're ours and that we get to celebrate them and exert some choice. So even if your child isn't able to perhaps enjoy the type of foods that you envisioned before you knew you were going to have a two-fed kid (laughs) Um, or, you know, before food became a challenge in your home, it doesn't mean that the fun is gone for your kid. In fact, the biggest thing about that birthday that you just described, while the food I'm sure is important and enjoyable and it was for me as well, the most important thing is that it's ours. It's like our choice. And kids especially love having, and I think you told a great Mm -hmm. story to me once about getting to choose stuff when you were a kid on birthdays. Yeah. When I was little, we got to choose what we had for dinner that night. And it wasn't usually anything that my mom wouldn't have already made. It was the fact that I got to choose it. It was, it was me. It was my special day. It was, we're glad you're here. We're glad we had you. And this is your special day. So it really wasn't so much 
the lasagna that I chose every year, (laughs) but it was the fact that I was special and they were glad they had me. Yeah, that's so sweet. And I think, so if we, if we apply that to our families with tube-fed kids, you know, the choice might be their favorite food. So if you have a tube-fed kid who is eating a little bit by mouth, but the thing that they're eating is just one or two, two things and not in great quantity, your the choice may be that that's what is for dinner and that they get to choose that if they're big enough, old enough, and able <laughs> to choose. Or the choice might be matching an activity to what their interests are. So mm-hmm. if their favorite thing is the playground, having family meet you at the playground or something like that. And so there's a couple of things. Making sure that preferred foods are available is always a good idea, period, that kids have access to foods that make them feel safe and comfortable. That's a good idea on a birthday and not on a birthday. That's just always right. a good idea, especially for kids that are ch- having a challenge around food. And I think especially because we're talking a little bit about celebrations, it's really hard for a lot of families to navigate, not just tube-fed kids, but it has a heightened, magnified, amplified awareness for the families of kids who have um, tube fed kids, but um, it's just hard to navigate that food in general. And and I think what's interesting is that they, um, when there's a lot of stuff going on, when there's extra people or you're at someone else's house and there's a party atmosphere, it can be hard for lots of kids to eat yes. in that situation. And That's so making so a true. preferred food available makes that easier to navigate for kids that get overwhelmed easily or just don't do well out of their safe element. Plus during celebrations, whether it be birthdays or other celebrations, generally there's a lot going on. And if you really mm-hmm. think about it, we can, we might think about like the cake picture or like the traditional kind of, I don't know, you know, pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving or whatever the case may be. But that actually for kids isn't usually what stands out to them in the long term. Like if I look back mm-hmm. on all my birthday parties as a kid, my biggest birthday party things that I remember are things I did with my friends. Games we played, places. I had a birthday party once at a bowling alley, which I thought was like the best thing in the world. And there was food there, don't get me wrong, but that's not the part that I remember. I remember mm-hmm. being silly with my friends and having fun. Um, and so I think just a message to families that that is way more important. And if you do put all this energy into food, whether your kid's too fed or not, they may or may not eat it. Or they may eat way more of something that you'd rather have them eat way less of or vice versa. And that's okay. That's the nature of kids. And that's the nature of celebrations. Mm-hmm. We, te- we generally don't eat or do as well or the same in different environments, especially ones with a lot going on emotionally and literally, you know, activity wise, mm-hmm. a lot going on. And then the other, another idea for birthdays is like if you're really having a hard time or your child's really nervous around food or very averse to being even being around food, especially around other people, it's perfectly okay to schedule birthday parties or other types of celebrations during non-meal times. There's a nice mm-hmm. big window between, you know, lunch and dinner where some kids may be having an afternoon snack where there's a good two or three hour chunk of time where most kids aren't eating or at least food isn't a big thing. So if you wanted to schedule like something during that time to just take the pressure off yourself and your little one, that's certainly fine. Um, And then another idea that um, we've had a few uh, families of two-fed kids uh, do is having food involved without it being real food. So like we've had examples of like, you know, doll tea parties that people have had with their dolls. Or I saw a picture probably on Pinterest of 
like somebody painted um, or like did construction, like did a craft project with their kid and made a birthday cake out of cardboard boxes of different sizes, which was super cute. They do sell like fake toy foods and stuff like that. So you could, if you really want to have your kid have a picture next to something that feels like a birthday, there's inflatable cakes and inflatable cupcakes and all of that stuff that you can do, but do not feel by any means that Mm -hmm. that's what makes the birthday the birthday. And I know that there's a lot of, again, on Pinterest, of cakes made out of fruit. Like the base can be a big chunk of watermelon for kids who have allergies or who might have a few specific things. Of course, not every kid is going to eat a cake made of fruit, but um, that way you have something that's creative and fun and looks good for you. And I think getting into the creativity of it and thinking of it as something that you and your child, depending on the age of the child, this is this is your fun, creative thing. This isn't a, a poor substitute. This is an enjoyable thing that you guys would like together and remember that this is your celebration of this whatever year it is of your child's life and the celebration that they're here you know some of them have been on a long journey and um, don't let a cake get in the way of your celebration of making it through that year together because that's a big big deal it is um, it is and, and it I, can really be sideswiped by the the desire to have a cake smash picture yes it can it can and then you know another quick aside is that we all hear we hear a lot about this especially after we wean kids and then they kind of like go back to they're like starting to go back into their regular routines with grandparents and school and all this stuff and people come to us saying they got a bad message about eating or a non-responsive message about finishing their food or you have to take a bite then and those really message those messages that we know are fairly damaging to a healthy relationship with food and so you you're entitled to control that as a parent especially at your own child's birthday party and schedule things or intervene in a way that makes makes it feel safer to you by talking to family members that might be at risk of doing that ahead of time informing people that we don't talk about food or, or what goes in a child's mouth or the amount that they're eating ever or their body shape or size ever. Or you may be more comfortable not saying it and just avoiding those environments with people who's who you don't feel comfortable, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, trusting around that message. Because uh, in fairness, most of our family members have also been raised in this diet culture with all of these weird mixed messages. And so it is okay to stand up for yourself if you feel comfortable doing that. It's also okay just to move the activities of a uh, birthday or another celebration away from food. And then like, so this is kind of similar to your birthday choice thing that you had, but like having your child help pick out like the birthday activity or a like mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, I don't know, I'm aging myself here, but pin the tail, pin the tail on the donkey or, <laughs> or a video version now, <laughs> there probably is. but, or, you know, um, a beanbag toss or a craft activity where they're making fairy houses or whatever the case may be, um, allowing them to either choose something that really matches their preferences or allowing them to be a part of the planning in the way that they can developmentally. Not every child who, uh, has a mm-hmm. tube that's listening to this podcast, whose parents are listening to this podcast, has the ability to do those things, but to the extent that they can, matching it to their interest level right. and abilities would be really, really helpful. And remembering the spirit of the holiday, and I think, you know, we can verge into um, Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas here in a minute, but remembering the spirit of the holiday is, if it's your birthday, I'm glad you're here. 
You know, we did this together. I'm glad you're here. It's not about anything else. And this is your special day. And, you know, it just leaving it at that um, and making that a big deal because it is a big deal. Well, and even aside from the holidays, we also know that one of the major reasons for eating. So we talk about pleasure, kind of fuel, (laughs) the need to eat curiosity around food, like the reasons that we eat, one of the major reasons that we eat is to be attached and connected and together. And so whether your kid's getting food fed through a tube or not, having that idea that any family gathering, whether it be for a religious holiday or otherwise, the gathering itself is about togetherness and the person and not about anything else. And and it can be really hard to get caught up just in the same way it's easy to get caught up in the kind of like gifts and keeping up with everybody else that's doing the next best birthday party trend or whatever the case may be, just keeping in mind that the togetherness is way more important than anything else, Um, which kind of jumps us into Halloween um, because it's right around the corner. We're going to spend a little time talking specifically about Halloween today. And Halloween can be tricky. And Heidi, I know you talked when we had a chat about this last week about our kids that have um, sensitivities or allergies and some options for them. Mm-hmm. So non-eaters and kids with allergies, um, kids who are diabetic, kids who have you know food limitations for lots of reasons. There's lots of non-food ideas. You may have seen the teal pumpkin trend um, where that is a house signaling that they're, they have non-food treats for kids. You can go to the dollar store and get a bunch of little treats. You can get, you know, Mardi Gras beads or light up things or noisemakers. There's, you know, fun little glasses. Slime. It just depends. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't kill me parents. Cause I said slime. <laughs> um, it's in your carpet. So they, um, they are great ideas for kids who are, um, not eaters, you can save them. Sometimes that costs a little bit more, so you can save them if you need to for kids, you know, and have candy and teal, so you can have both. Um, but, you know, I've even heard of kids who went around or families where they asked their neighbors if they would mind giving some non-food treats for their kids. So they went around and offered, you know, they went to the dollar store and bought, you know, a bunch of little non-food treats for their own child and brought it around to the house, the houses, because most people wouldn't mind that at all. They just don't know what to do. And yeah. they would love to do those kinds of things um, for you. I mean, you could even round up all the McDonald's Happy Meals from your other kids that have gone, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, use those, give those away. Um, but there's, people want to help. And so by giving them that mechanism to help, by going to the store and buying um, a bunch of little trinkets and helping your neighbors by by having them available to give to your child when you come around to that house was a way to let their kid participate um, without being obvious that they weren't being given candy. Yes, that's so true. And so if your child... um, isn't able to go house to house either because of their medical condition or because they're severe, you know, you're worried about any of the food interactions or other interactions they may be having at Halloween, you know, thinking about doing stuff like painting pumpkins or inviting people to your house and doing a handout party where they're the ones handing out food, candies or treat or or non-food treats and involving them in that. And then there's tons of cool ideas for like, I just have to mention this because I saw it the other day and it was the cutest thing. It was about a little girl with a um, 
NG tube who loved animals and her parents dressed her up as a cat. And so the NG tube got painted black and it was like one of her whiskers. So cute. Yeah, it was so cute. So there's tons of ways to involve, um, obviously our kids are our kids, you know, like they're going to be involved, but if you're struggling with how to get your child involved in these holidays, um, don't, don't worry too much about it. There's a ton of different ways to do it. Another idea that people have is that you could have, if your fa- if your neighborhood isn't going to be the neighborhood that participates in the Teal Pumpkin Project, or you don't have the funds to go around and hand out extra treats to everybody else so that the non-food treats, you could do something like have them trade in the candy that they do get so long as they're safe collecting it for non-food things when they're home so that they still have that kind of fun experience of coming home and, and getting to kind of enjoy their bounty, if you idea. will. And then we'll, so we'll link to the Teal Pumpkin podcast or uh, Teal Pumpkin Project in our show notes. And then also to our friend Virginia Soul Smith's excellent article that was out in the New York Times this week about Halloween candy and how not in general for your tube fed kids and otherwise, how not to stress out about our kids eating Halloween candy. So if your if your tube fed kid is interested in candy, view it as an opportunity um, and don't worry too much about the nutritional contents. It's all about trust and exploration. That's way more important than any negative impact so long as you're not worried about allergies and safety. Um, so yeah. And oh, then good. the same, these concepts kind of apply to all of our holidays, our religious and other holidays throughout the year. Just keeping in mind that we put an awful lot of pressure on ourselves as parents, but I feel like especially our parents of tube-fed kids, because you have so much else Mm -hmm. to contend with, there's so many other kind of logistical things to consider. And as parents, we're all very concerned about making sure our kids don't miss out and they get the full you know, participation that they can out of whatever the, whatever the activity may be. But just remember that a lot of that is invented pressure that society puts on us that we end up putting on ourselves. And there is a certain amount of choice, although it's not easy, I can tell you, of just setting it aside and remembering what's Mm -hmm. important. And control your own message too, to yourself. Yes. Give yourself some grace. Yeah. And surround yourself with people that will help you with that. Um, even if you can't control everything, but like making sure that the people that are closest to you that are, that are going to be with you in those times where you might be challenged or feeling um, not sure what to do, that you have that support system in place that can remind you about what's important, which is that your child is another year older. They're, you know, it's Halloween night and they look adorable in whatever costume that you've chosen for them. If you celebrate Halloween, um, and, and the big stuff is what matters, not the little stuff. The cake and the candy lasts a very brief amount of time. For sure. But the memories can continue to last. They sure do. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back next week to talk about um, to talk about some more exciting topics. We hope everybody has a very happy Halloween. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, Heidi. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tube to Table podcast. Every week, we're going to share our show notes at thrivewithspectrum.com. In the show notes, you can find a summary of what we discussed and links to all the resources that we mentioned. Also, you can visit us on social media and Instagram and Facebook. We can be found at Thrive with Spectrum. And on Twitter, you can find us at Thrive with SP. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know if you have any input or any topics that you'd really like to see us address. We'll be back next week.